morning, church. Now that should fire somebody up. Amen. 153 baptisms last week. And our campus, in only 13 weeks of service, we've seen 22 salvations, and we baptized 33 people last Sunday. Praise Jesus. I'm here to tell you, my God's not dead. Amen. Amen. Whew, I'm glad. Uh, I'm thankful for you guys that didn't take off on spring break. You're here. That was a joke. Nobody laughed. Y'all tough this morning. Wake up. But I'm so thankful for you guys being here, man, to think about what God has done here in the past 13 weeks. Just, uh, man, it amazes me. It humbles me of seeing what God's doing. All week long, I've heard people say, man, what's going on at y'all's church? What are y'all doing? It's like, man, I don't know. We're just obediently doing what God's called us to do. We're just following God's word. I mean, it's not rocket science. If we obey God, he's going to do his part. Amen? Amen. That's all we got to do. But a lot of times we fall short of that, and we get complacent, and we sit on a pew, and that's all we do. And you know what we find? No results. But if we do the work God's called us to do, we're going to see amazing things happen. And I truly believe the best is yet to come, church. But it depends upon us and how we serve him and how we are all out for Christ. Before we go any further, let's go to the Lord in prayer. God, we just thank you so much for today. God, I thank you, Lord, and just praise you for, uh, Lord, just uh, the people I've seen on that video and the people that I know that have chose to follow you, God. Lord, help us all be the people you want us to be. And, God, that we would, uh, Lord, I just pray that this church would be all that you called us to be. Lord, speak to us this morning like only you can. God, if your spirit does not fall upon us, Lord, then all we have is a motivational speech. God, I don't want that. Lord, I want you. I want you to speak to us, speak to our hearts, God. Allow us all to be different than the way we came in here. Because, Lord, you're worthy. You're greater than anything we've ever done. You're greater than anything we can ever do. And, God, you can do more in a second than we can do in a lifetime. God, change hearts and lives today. We love you. We thank you. In your name we pray. Amen. So, so this morning is uh, the first series of what we call it, Go, our Go series. Uh, God's called us to go. Amen. He's called us to go in out into the world. He's called us to be the people that he's called us to be. You're going to hear us talk about it a lot. In three weeks, we're going to have service week where through our connect groups, we're going to go and serve in our community. Not with like a checklist of saying, okay, we did this, this, and this, but a heart for our community to tell our community, hey, I love you and I care about you. People are going to listen to what you have to say when they know that you love them. They know that you care about them. Amen? And until we show our community that we love them, until we show our community that we actually care about them, that we're not trying to cram Jesus down their throat, that we actually love them and care about their eternity, that's when they're going to listen to us. That's when they're going to want to say, there's something different about those guys. They don't just go to church. They actually love Jesus. They actually believe in what they say they believe in. And that only starts when we obey God and do what he's called us to do. We're going to be in Matthew 28 this morning. If you don't have a Bible, there's some at Next Steps. You're welcome to get one. Um, We're going to have it played up here as well on the screen. But Matthew 28 is known as the Great Commission. That's what we've called it. What gets me about this 
is, is right before this happened, Jesus, the one who came here today and celebrated, he came, he died on the cross to save us of our sins. He was resurrected on the third day. And after his resurrection, after his resurrection, you know what, what gets me? is the first thing he thought about. First thing he thought about was not himself. The first thing he thought about was not going and, and preaching a, a revival. It wasn't doing anything. The first thing he did is he went to those who were hurting, who were discouraged, to those 12 disciples, 11 disciples now. He goes to those people and he commands them to do the greatest work he's ever called anybody to do, that anybody was ever called to do. He goes to these men that were discouraged. He goes to these men that they didn't really understand what had just happened. And he says, look, I want you to go. In verse 16, he says, says, Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded. And he says, And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So right after the biggest triumph of, of, of history, Jesus conquers death. He, he, he's resurrected from death. He goes, he tells these men, look, this is not about you. This is not about anything, but it's about me and it's about people. Your life should be about going and pouring your life into people. Not pouring your life into you. He didn't go to, he didn't go to the elite, did he? He didn't go to the synagogues. He went to his disciples and he called them to go and make more disciples. He called them to go and get involved in the ministry. He didn't say go show up to the synagogue on Sunday and sit on the pew. He said, get up and go. Amen? Amen. Get up and go. And that's why we've named this series Go because it's time for us as God's people to get up and go, to go and get involved in our community, get involved at work to be on mission for Jesus Christ every single place we go. We should be looking for people that need Jesus at the grocery store. We should be looking for people that need Jesus at the ball game. I'm talking because I have faith in Christ, amen? I know that when I bring a lost sinner into the, into the conversation and the Almighty God and start telling them what Jesus done for them, they got two, two things to do. Either they can reject Jesus or they can choose Jesus. But they've got, we've got to go to them first. We've got to go and bring it before them. And I have confidence that if I bring that before somebody that's a lost sinner, they're going to choose Jesus. But we've got to take it to them. That's why it's so important that we go. We go. He didn't say, sit right here till you feel good. He didn't say, sit right here till you feel like you're called to go. Man, how many times we use that as a cop out? I just don't feel called to go tell this person about Jesus. You ain't got to feel called. He told you to go do it. You didn't tell that to your daddy when he told you to go wash the dishes, did he? Daddy, I don't feel called to wash the dishes. <laughs> no, you just went and did it. Why? Because you feared your daddy. And we should fear God. That if we don't do what he's called us to do, he's going to judge us. And it's our responsibility. See, that is what this is. Jesus was telling the disciples, look, this is your responsibility. 
This is each and every one of you in here. If you are a disciple of Jesus Christ, this is your responsibility. Not if you want to. Not, I didn't sign up for that. If you are a follower of Christ, God says it's time for you to get up out of your seat and go. Go serve in the, in the community. Go be the person God's called you to be. Be the witness out there. It's not optional. It's a responsibility. It's a calling on our lives. It's not just my place to tell people about Jesus. It's your place. It's your place. We in this together, amen? Amen. We in this together. So he goes to him and he says, look, go. Go into the world, he says, and make disciples. So go is an action word. We have got to go. But to go, guess what? You have to first make that first step. You have to take that first step. We can talk about going all we want to. We can make the best plans ever, but if we don't never do it, if we don't take that step, nothing's going to change. Nothing's going to happen. And he goes and he tells these disciples that, hey, first thing you've got to do, I want you to go into the world and make disciples of all nations. So he says he told them, he wants them to get out of their comfort zone, get out from where they are, and go out and make disciples. Go out and tell people about Jesus. Are we doing that? Are we going? When we go to work, are we going in the name of Jesus? When we go to the fall game, are we going in the name of Jesus? See, who we are in Christ is not about this service. Who we are in Christ is where we go every day. We should be about his business at work. We should be about his business in play everywhere we go. I was, I was with a friend two weeks ago, turkey hunting, and my friend began to tell me some problems in his life. And you know what? I should have said, you know what? Not my responsibility. You, do, you, do, you, you deal with your own problems. I, I, I just, I, that ain't, that ain't my, I'm not a preacher. I'd have been lying, but I, would have said, I don't have to do that. I'm not a counselor. But no, I told that friend what God's word said because I love him, because I cared about him, because I take it seriously when he says go, when God says go. And one thing I want us to realize is why do we have to go? Because they're not coming to us. They don't know they're lost. They don't know, they don't know they're lost. And for them not to know they're lost, they're not trying to be found. So we have to go and rescue them. We have to go out. Man, think about it. If one of your kids were lost in the, in the grocery store or in, just lost in general. I remember my father-in-law telling me a story when Sabrina was a little girl. They were in Walmart. No, no, this one's better. That, she, she stayed lost. That, that was another time. Another time. They were at the river fishing. They was at the river fishing. And they, she, he was sitting there, and next thing you know, Sabrina was gone. He heard a splash in the water. He began to panic. Hollering her name, hollering her name. I mean, he said that he was just a, beside himself. And he was a big, I mean, he was a man's man. He didn't get upset about nothing. So for him to say he was upset meant something. Because somebody that he loved thought well, he, they were in danger. And he was looking for he looked everywhere he could. He looked where the ripples were. He couldn't find her, couldn't see her. So he went to the car, and there she was playing in the trunk. <laughs> Made him so mad, he got all of everything, threw him in the trunk, and they went home. But he looked for her because he loved her, and he knew that she was in danger if he didn't find her. 
that she could die. And it's the same thing how we should be with our family and friends, with people that we love. If they don't know Jesus, if they die without him, they are not going to go to a pleasant place. And we should be that intense. I want to tell you, I want to go to you. I want to tell you something. They're not coming to us. We had this Easter egg hunt two weeks ago. 400 people here after service. During service, there was 120 kids back there, praise God. There were 60 kids in a room, and Lindsay told me that it broke her heart that they asked some questions to these kids. What what do we celebrate today? This was Palm Sunday. The birth of Jesus. It's like, no. Nobody could answer the question. They asked them, do you know who Joseph is? Nobody knew who Joseph was. They started looking around trying to find him in the crowd. These kids in Jenkins County, where we live, don't know Jesus. I'm not talking about some lost people group. I'm not talking about somebody that, that there's never, there's, there's, there's a lost people group in Indonesia. I'm not talking about these people. I'm talking about people that live in the United States, that live within a five-mile radius of this school that need Jesus Christ, but we've got to go take it to them. We've got to get involved. And if we don't go, who's going to go? Because nobody's went yet. We get so caught up in our life. We get so caught up in everything that we've got going on. And and next thing you know, we keep putting it off to tomorrow. I'll do it later. Um, You know, I'm going to wait. Mr. Eddie's going to go talk to that person because he lives by him. I'm going to wait for him to do it. You know, we we put it off and put somebody else, but in reality, it's our responsibility to go. It's my responsibility to go talk to my brother or my sister that I know that if they don't know Jesus, they're going to die and go to hell. I should have that that intensity about who Jesus is and that conviction about if they don't know him, they will die and be separated from him forever. That should be something that just drives me. It should put gas on the fire. We can't just sit back and just wait because they're not coming. If they were coming, we wouldn't have had to do this. We wouldn't have had to plan a church because everybody would be saved. They're not coming to us, so we've got to take the initiative and go to them. And not me, but you, and you, and you. You've got to take it to them. And that's what this, go, this, this series is about, but that's what we're going to do with, with the uh, service projects. We're taking the gospel to people and showing them the love of Jesus in tangible ways. And while we're meeting their needs, we're going to share Jesus with them. That's what he's called us to do. When we go, we're going to go and make disciples, guys. It's, it's, just, it's just a natural thing. Look, the making disciples and baptizing and teaching, that doesn't happen unless we go. We've got to make that step before that's going to happen. Those 33 people would not have been baptized if we hadn't have taken that first step and tried to plant this church. We, if we, if we, let me tell you, it was hard. It was difficult. But if we hadn't have done that, that would have never happened. Now, true, God could have used something else, but it wouldn't have been his plan because he planned for us to do it. I want to tell you what kind of feeling it was to, stand, to sit right there in that cold water. Can I get an amen? amen. And look all the way to the back doors and see a, just a sea of blue shirts saying, I have decided to follow Jesus. And that is awesome. But that should be written on our foreheads when we go to work in the morning. 
They should see a a slew of blue shirts of people from Connection Church that love them, that care about them, and care about their eternity more than they care about people taking advantage of them, people not appreciating them. We don't do it for appreciation. We don't do it for for the glory. We do it for God. Amen? That's why we do it. That's why you should do it. So to go means to step out. And and that's one thing that that got me. This week I was was thinking about really my life. My life. I grew up as a spectator Christian where I came and I sat on the pew and I watched other people get involved and I was like, oh man, that boy's doing it. Oh, look look at how God's using that woman. And I'm sitting there on the pew like with a seatbelt on. I can't get out of it. And so many of us are like that. We are, we are, we, a, a Christian sitting on a pew and somebody sitting on a bench have an eerie similarity. They're both watching other people play. And it's time for us to stop playing and get in the game. It's time for us to stop be, start being that intentional person that's serving God. So to go means we got to step out. So, so who did he say we were supposed to go after? Who did he go after? First, he went after the lost, but also first, he went after those that were dis- disheartened, those that were hurt, those that were burdened. That's who he's called us to go after. If we want God's heart, Connection Church, if we want his heart, we've got to go after the people that has God's heart, the people that, that most people don't want. We need to go after those that are addicted, those that are bound, and show them that Jesus Christ can release them from that we got to go out and find those that have been hurt and things that, that, that nobody loves them and show them that Jesus does. But they're not coming to church. We've got to go to them. That's who Jesus went to. That's what God did. Right from the cross, he come out of the grave, and that was the first thing on his mind. He, hurting people was on his heart, and that's what should have our hearts. He didn't go after people that looked like us. He didn't look after people that wore polo shirts and Georgia boots. It's not, it's, we're going to have to go after people that are different than us. They're different skin color, different, different background, different socially. Let me tell you something. I would love to sit in a room full of people that smell like body odor, and if they, if they got the name and they understood it, and they got the name, Lord, if they understood the name of Jesus, and they got it, and they started following him, that little bit of income, uh, I can't even talk this morning. Discomfort, thank you, brother. A little bit of discomfort, a little bit of being uncomfortable would be worth it if they got to know Jesus. But we've got to step out of that and realize that those are people that that, that are poor, that are hurting, that need us. And there are people that are top top of the food chain that's got more money than you know what to do with, but they need Jesus too. And we've got to go from both parts of the spectrum, but let me tell you, the one that's got the money is the one we want to go after. Most of the time, that's who we try to go after. We got to go after those that can't do anything to repay us. We got to go after people that, that if, if we give them $100, knowing that they can't pay us back. Because why? Not because that we're a good person, because we love Jesus and we want his name made great in their lives. That's what it's about. And we've made witnessing and, 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 and giving and being charitable about us, 
Oh, look what I did. I gave, I gave such and such $500. You, didn't, you did it out of the wrong motives. We've got to go and be that example and go after those people. He was talking about going. And we talk about, when we read that scripture, it's like, oh, well, God, he's talking about us going to the nations. Let me tell you, before we can go to the nations, before we can be an impact in the nations, first we got to be an impact here at our community. The light that shines the furthest shines the brightest here at home. And we've got to work and hard and start trying to, to witness and be the people God's called to be here in Jenkins County. There's 8,000 people that need Jesus right here. Let's save them, and then let's go to the world. Let's save our friends. Let's save our family. Let's do that. Because as we begin to pour into people in our county, God's going to raise some missionaries up. God's going to raise some more pastors up. God's going to raise some more worship leaders up. And he's going to raise his army up to go do his work. But it's not going to happen with us sitting on the pew every Sunday. It's not going to happen with us going to Bible study. We've got to be on mission and on just focused every single day to do the mission of God. And that's what going is about. And we've got to realize, too, that there is no plan B. He didn't say that, look, those people at work, if you don't do it, somebody else will. Is. If we don't share the gospel, somebody else will. There is no plan B. God saved us so that we can proclaim to the nations, proclaim to those that don't know him, the excellencies of him. He saved you for a purpose, not to be somebody that warms a pew. We've got to be involved. He saved us for a purpose. Let me think, think about the influence you have, the people around you, the people you work with, the people you come in contact with, your family, your friends. All of us have different spheres, spheres of influence. All of us have different people in our lives that need to know Jesus Christ. And he wants you to use your influence to, for the kingdom, not for your own personal gain. I realized that at work. I, I, was, I was working. I was, trying to, I was so focused on, on trying to be somebody to, to where I was stepping on everybody I could to get to where I wanted to be. And then when I got to where I wanted to be, guess what? It was, I was unfulfilled. I wasn't happy. And I began to realize that I was doing all that for the wrong reasons. And when I began to put Jesus in there, I began to apologize to people that I had stepped on. I began to make the sphere of influence God gave me as a manager of a surveying department, and I began to use that for the glory of God. Let me tell you something. I've seen two of my coworkers go from death to life. I've seen two people accept Jesus Christ. And I've seen countless others start following Jesus more intently. I've got party chiefs now that are, that are before they go start work, they are doing a devotion with their coworker that needs to know Jesus. That doesn't happen. God's called you to be an instrument. God's called you to go into your workforce and be the example that he's called you to be. That's how we change a world. That's how we change a generation, not just sitting here complaining. We got to get involved and go do it, amen? And it starts with you. It starts with me taking that step and being bold and doing it. The next thing that will happen is making disciples, he says. He says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, 
So we pay a lot of attention to the go. But sometimes we neglect the whole make thing. When we go into the world, let me tell you something. When you go out being a light for Jesus, you're going to make disciples. People are attracted to somebody that is truly a follower of Christ. People want to know that it's real. They've seen so many people that are fake, so many people that are playing games. They want to see it real in your life. And when you do something for them and they like, and you, 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 I don't know, you go cut their grass and they're like, well, I can't pay you. It's like, you know what? I don't care. I love you. And I just, you know, I just want to tell you that Jesus loves you and there's anything I can do. That's all you got to do. And they're like, whoa, because everybody in our society wants something out of you. And for you to go and do something for somebody and not want anything in return, it blows their mind. But we've got to get us out of the way and say, you know what? This is not about me. It's about Jesus. If it was about, G, if it was about you, you would have said, you would have went and cut a grass and be like, yeah, God bless you. Give me $60. It's got to be all about him. As I began to think about this message, when I went, we, me and a group of men went and put on a roof for a guy off of Williams Road. Williams Road in our community is notorious for drugs, all kind of other things. And we were putting on this, this roof for this man, and as we were putting on this roof, another man pulled up. And he was like, hey, he thought we was a roofing company, so we must have been doing a pretty good job. <laughs> he was like, hey, hey, my, my mama's house right up the road, it, it needs a new roof. How much would y'all charge me to do it? And the guy that was, that was leading us, he was like, brother, we ain't going to charge you a thing. He's like, what you mean? He said, let me ask you a question. Do you know Jesus? He's like, yeah, I go to church every Sunday. He's like, no, that ain't what I asked you. Do you have a saving relationship with Jesus Christ that if you died today, you know that you would go to heaven? And this big old tall man hung his head and said, no, sir, I don't think I would. And that man, and I was on the scaffold and about fell off of it. And the, man, and the man said, would you like to accept Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior? And he began to share the gospel with him. And it's like he heard it for the first time, but he'd been in church his whole life. We all come down off the roof, come down off the scaffolds, laid hands on the man and prayed with him, cried with him. And that man is a child, the king. And that wouldn't have happened unless we were on mission for Christ, going to people that everybody else neglected. And that's what he's called us to do. That's what he's called us to do. And that's the heart I have. That's, what, that's the heart of Connection Millen is. And I hope that's what your heart is. The only way we're going to save these 8,000 people, the only way that God's going to use us unless we go to these people that are hurting and share the love of Jesus with them. And when you make something, you've got to be intentional. And as we go to these houses and go and serve in our community, guess what it's going to do? It's going to show them, one, that we are intentional, that we love them, but number two, that we of all about Christ. I got thinking about when you're making a disciple. It doesn't happen all at once. It's getting garden. It's getting time to plant a garden. Some of you already have planted a garden. I've been wanting to plant a garden for a month. I hadn't done it yet. We can want to make disciples, but it don't happen until we take those steps. And once you take those steps, once you, once you get everything ready and you're there, you've got to actually then go to work. So, guys, we've taken those steps, and now it's time for us as Connection Millen to do the work. We've got to get involved. And it takes time. 
as we begin to cultivate the ground in our community, as we begin to, to soften the hard hearts that are hard toward Jesus, as we begin to do those things, there's going to be times where we're going to be tired. There's going to be times where we're going to get hurt, just like it is when, when you get blisters on your hands, when you're gardening. It's going to be times when that happens. But you, when, you're, when you're doing that in the garden, you don't quit just because there's a little pain and a little bit, you're a little bit of tired. You don't quit. Why? Because you know the results if you keep pressing on. And we've got to realize that if we keep pressing on, we can change our county for generations to come. But it won't change unless we do what God's called us to do. How awesome. I'm tired of hearing people say, I'm so scared to see the generation my kids are going to grow up in. I'm so scared to see what's going to happen in my kids' lifetime. I'm not scared. Because you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to give, I'm going to fight tooth and nail to bring the love of Jesus Christ to my community. I'm going to fight tooth and nail to tell them about Jesus. I'm going to fight tooth and nail for my community to change. And if I'm going to fight, you need to fight. We've got to fight together. I can't do this on my own. Is anybody with me this morning? We've got to quit complaining. We've got to quit saying it's somebody else. And we've got to rise to the occasion and stop talking about we need change. We've got to be the change, amen? Be the change. Sound like I'm a politician this morning. But that's what we've got to be. And when I think about it, I mean, Jesus came from the grave, and the first thing he said is to tell us to go and make disciples, to go and make people follow him. When you're making a disciple, you're making people. You're, you're, you're training people up. I'm a land surveyor by, by, by trade, and it's, a, it's an apprenticeship. For me to be able to, to be the best surveyor I can be, it all is about how much education I have and two. Who taught me to survey? I'm only as good as the man that taught me. And there's so many of us that we wonder why people aren't being the follower of Christ that God's called us to be. But the reason is the people they've been following, the people that they've been looking up to. I'm not going to lie to you. I thought that being a Christian was about coming to church on Sunday and sitting on a pew because that's what I saw everybody else doing. And I started hearing a man named Francis Chan talk about loving Christ and, law, and, and, and getting involved in the community and showing people that you love them. And I was like, well, you know, that's what God's Word says, but I wonder why we don't do it. Nothing changes. Everything stays the same if we stay sitting. If we don't take what God says and do it. It breaks my heart. So many times when people leave here, they're like, oh, man, that, that, that sermon, it just crushed me. That, that sermon just, just got all over me. Oh, that was a good sermon. That ain't the point for this to be a good sermon. This is the point for us to come and hear the word of God and leave here different, amen? amen. To go out and be like, man, I heard, I heard what God said through Jeremy, and I'm going to go do that today. I'm going to be different today. That's what this is about. Not just to come and sit. God's called me, to lead you guys so us, for we can go and attack and take back the ground Satan is taking from us in our county because of lack of commitment. And I'm not calling anybody out because I was the same way. We've got to get involved. And God's going to use us in a mighty way, but we've got to go. Amen.
I know this is heavy. I know some of you are tired, but come on, we got to get up with it. Y'all got to, y'all got to be a little excited this morning. I'm the only one in here sweating. See, the thing is, is when uh, is we so much think that you have to know so much to be able to, to go be a disciple. We think you have to, you know, have been, you have to be able to memorize the whole book of Romans before you can tell somebody about Jesus. And the reality is that is not. I've shared the love of Jesus Christ just by me living my life out consistently in the lives of other people. I've shared the love of Jesus Christ by going and, and putting up a, a, a wheelchair ramp for a lady that needed it. We were putting this wheelchair ramp up, and I probably shared this story before, but we were putting this wheelchair ramp up, and while we were putting it up, I went in there to ask her a question how she wanted it, and she was sitting there crying uncontrollably. It's like, what's going on? What's wrong? She said, I cannot believe that y'all just come and you're putting this wheelchair ramp up. I have, fa- I have fallen, I don't know how many times, trying to get into the house, and I don't even hardly know you guys, but you're doing this. Why are you doing this? I was like, because we love you. And because all those guys out there love you, and they love Jesus, and they want you to feel and know and experience how he cares and loves you. And that just made things worse because she cried even harder. But I got to see what it means to be on mission for Jesus, how that touches people's lives. And it was something small that we just took a little bit of our time out. And we did that, and it impacted the way she sees the church now. What we do matters, church. What we do matters. You know, also when we go, is we're, you know, we're going and we're meeting people where they are. We're meeting people right where they are. We're meeting them right there in the mess right there in their bad finances, right there, right there in, in, in just where they are in their addiction, or meeting them where they are, and then we're leading them down the path that Christ has chose for them. That's what it means. It don't mean, hey, you come on up here, and, and you got to dress pretty, you got to quit all that stuff before you come to church. No. I thank God he didn't do that with me. I'd still be trying to get right. That was my nickname, can't get right. I couldn't get right. And that's the thing. We have got to realize that's what God's called us to be. People that meet people where they are and lead them to Christ. And the next thing we're going to have to do is go and baptize. When we go and baptize them, that is going and showing. When, we, when we're baptizing people, that is showing, hey, that's fruit from what, we're, what we just did. When we go and and, and and make disciples, and they become to be followers of Christ, the next step is, in, is, is baptism when they realize they're deprived and realize they need Jesus. Those 33 people were just, were just fruit of us being diligent and being obedient to God. That doesn't, not, that doesn't have to just happen then. I'm looking forward to happen 12 weeks from now and 12 more weeks from now. You hear what I'm saying? It doesn't have to be a rarity. It can be every single week. We have, it's just the amount of fruit we get is how much intensity we put into this, how much work you put into this, how much you want to see your family, your friends saved, how much you want to see your world changed because Jesus Christ can do it. He can change it, but we've got to want it to change. 
and us keep saying we want to change and not doing anything, it's a shame. My little boy will be here in July, and I can't wait for him to be here. And when Dallas and I were praying the other day, I couldn't believe I even said it, but while I was praying, I said, God, I want his first his first word to be Jesus, not Daddy. I want his first word to be Jesus, not Mama. Because I want my little boy to be all about Jesus. And the only way he's all about Jesus is unless I'm all about Jesus. And the only way these kids that don't know Jesus are going to know him is unless all of us are all about Jesus. Not just coming to church, guys. We've got to be his disciple. I want you to understand the gravity of this. God's word says that to him, much is given, much is required. And we've been given the best gift ever. The gift of salvation. The king of kings and lord of lords sent his son down here to live a blameless life among a bunch of people that were imperfect, that didn't care about him, that really didn't love him, that abused him, but he did it anyway. He stayed the course. He was obedient to God. And as he went down to the cross, as he was beaten and rejected, he still did it. And he died on the cross. And three days later, he rose from the dead. And because of that, guys, we have eternal life those that choose to obey and follow him. So don't take that lightly. Don't say, well, he died for me and I can do what I want to do. You have a job to do. You have a job to do. And you should work just as hard at that as you do the job you have for money. God's called you to go. God's called you to be a force to reckon with. God's called you to be the man and woman of God that when you get up in the morning, Satan says, oh no, he's up. But he don't, he, Satan's not afraid of you if you keep doing what everybody else is doing. Satan's not afraid of us if we don't step out. And we can keep on keeping on. We can come meeting. We can have a thousand people here on Sundays. But that doesn't change a thing unless we have true believers and followers of Jesus that are on mission for Christ. The way we change our county, the way we reach people in Jenkins County, the way we do what God has called Connection Building to do is for each and every one of us to throw down the gauntlet and say, I'm tired of doing things for myself. And here it is, Jesus. My life is a blank check. Do with it what you want. If I have to give 50% of my money away, if I have to give whatever you want me to do, if I have to give all my, my time away, whatever you want, God, I want you to do it because you are enough. You are enough. That should be our heart, guys. When our life is not about us, it becomes all about Jesus. And the next thing we'll do is we'll start teaching people. We'll start teaching people to obey. We'll be teaching people. It'll be intentionally teaching people. And you can't teach people what you don't know. So if you're not in God's Word, you're not going to be able to teach people. That's why we have got to be intentional about our connect groups and how, how we are just devoted to that and devoted to growing. None of this will matter 
if first and foremost, Christ does not have our heart. I went to church my whole life, guys. My whole life. Playing games. My whole life. Sitting on a pew. Man, I was around some great people. Man, I had some good friends. But you know what? We all did the same thing. We did Bible studies. We did real good taking care of each other in the church. But we acted like the hurting and those outside of church didn't matter. And when I realized what Jesus Christ done for me, one, it changed my life. Number two, it changed how I cared about everybody else. I was always a good man, but there's a difference in being good and being godly. There's a difference in being good and being a follower of Jesus Christ. There's a difference in being good and being somebody that's like, God, it's all about you. I want to do what you want me to do. So if you're here this morning and you never had that life-changing experience, if you never had that time and said, you know what? I want to give God my life. I want to give him my heart. I want to experience that. You're not going to love people. You're not going to care about people until you understand what Jesus Christ has done for you. So that's you then this morning. I just want to ask you to boldly and unashamedly just raise your hand and say, that's me, Jerry. I want to accept Christ as my Lord and Savior. I want to follow him this morning. And we just want to pray with you. We just want to celebrate with you. Say, I know I don't love people the way I should because I don't even really love God. That's you this morning. Just raise your hand. With that being said, shows that uh, that says that we all are right with God right that shows that if you just lied or if you're telling the truth and you truly are a follower of Christ then let me ask you a question why aren't you going why aren't you going you know thinking about when Moses was leading the Israelites and he was leading them to the promised land. And as he was getting to the promised land, he sent, he done promised them, look, you're going to be able to take this land over. You're going to be able to take this over. He's done promised them that they would be victorious. But yet, when the spies went in the land, they seen how big the people were. They seen how big the obstacles were, how many people there were, and they came back afraid. We can't do this. We can't do that. And they chose to disobey God because they were scared of the obstacles that faced them. How many of us have been the same way? We've forgotten that God's told us that we would be victorious. In the end, he says, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the earth. He's going to be with us. We just have to take that step of obedience. And because of their disobedience, they wandered around in confusion for a while. 
And I don't want to be confused anymore. Amen. So today is your next, your next step. Today, your next step is being sold out to Christ. Not being just a bench woman. Not being somebody that's riding the pew. But somebody that's bold and unashamedly following Christ. You know what's holding you back. You know what fears are keeping you from being the bold follower of Christ you need to be. And my Christ, my Jesus is enough to change your fears, to remove that fear, to remove that obstacle, but you have to have faith that he can do it. And that's what his altar's for this morning. When the band starts playing, you guys just stand up. If you will, stand up, please. When the band starts playing, I just want you guys to realize that doing business with God is the most important thing you can do. If you just come to church and left the same way, you just got pretty for nothing. God's called us to be different. God's called us to be a force to reckon with. And if you desire to reach your friends and family for Christ, then get right with God. Yes. Ask Him to move those things that are, that are holding you back. That's the most important thing you can do today. Father, we come to you, Lord. God, thanking you so much who you are, God. I thank you, Lord, for, uh, for everybody that's here. And God, I just pray that you would just, uh, Lord, you move in their hearts, God. I know that I was just a person sitting on a pew for so long, God, and I was not engaged or involved. And I complained about everything. But God, help us, Lord, realize that we can be the change. All we have to do is take our next step. All we have to do is be faithful. All we have to do is, is, is just listen and obey you, God. So Father, just please. Pour out your power. Lord, don't let us leave here the same as we came. Don't let us leave here, God, with unfinished business. God, break our heart, Lord, for it breaks yours. And make us the people you called us to be so that we can reach the people that you called us to reach. We love you. In your name, amen.